Welcome back to the Passionpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Ryan C. Green. This is the show where we teach you how to become a better leader by building passion-driven revenue streams so that you may live your most successful and productive life. We have another great show for you today. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to the podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, all of them. You name it, you can find us there. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you for giving me your time to listen in and listen to the information we want to share with you and hopefully improve and grow your life. We have another great show lined up for you today. If you are interested in learning how to build a media company, if you ever had the dream of creating a television show, a web series, uh, this is the show for you. Uh, You want to listen in. We have a great guest, an award winning uh, content provider and actors, filmmaker. Uh, She has developed the award winning web series. Uh, totally Becky. We have Miss Rebecca Jackson, artists coming on in just a little bit. So you don't want to miss that interview. You want to make sure that you are tuned in for that. Get your notepads out and get ready to uh, get some great knowledge and wisdom on how you can go and start to uh, grow your media company. Uh, before we get to that, I want to make sure that you uh, know about the Mastermind Exchange coming up. You know, Mastermind Exchange is our virtual summit that we're kicking off January 17th and 18th. Uh, and things are going so well, we might have to add an extra day because of the demand, because of the there's so many people who want to uh, pour into uh, those who register for the event. The Mastermind Exchange is going to be a virtual summit where you can learn how to build better business, where you can start your year off right uh, by learning from those who've already done it. Uh, the, the Mastermind, is, is Napoleon Hill defines the Mastermind as when two minds come together and form a third mind. When you have that Mastermind group, you're able to do more in one year together than you'd be able to do it over your entire life by yourself so the mastermind is important we have uh speakers who've all come together to share their insight and wisdom you know what matter of fact i'm gonna stop talking about it just listen to this when i was getting started in my business the one thing i wish i had was a group of professionals who had already had success doing it before to help me along the way that's why i put together the mastermind exchange we're bringing you professionals and experts to help the next group of entrepreneurs get started in the right way The more small businesses we can help get it done right, the better it is for every entrepreneur in the marketplace. There will be 13 experts sharing insight and expertise on how you can build a better business for 2020. This virtual summit is totally free to attend, but you must register for access. To save your spot and select your sessions, simply go to www.mxsummit20.com and register. The power of the mastermind is the synergy created when multiple minds come together. So in that vein, don't keep this to yourself. Spread the word and invite your entire team, staff, or friends. We'll see you on January 17th and 18th. There'll be tons of great teachings to help you master business, as well as many giveaways, prizes, and surprises. Register now for the Mastermind Exchange 20 at www.mxsummit20.com. So we look forward to help you out at the Mastermind Exchange. Look forward to you all registering and getting uh, taking advantage of this opportunity to grow your business. And make sure that this upcoming year is the best year ever for you. So let's jump right into this week's interview. Let's get ready and hear our conversation with award winning actor, filmmaker, Miss Rebecca Jackson, artist. 
All right, all right, all right. We are here with another awesome interview for this week's episode of the Passion Promoter Podcast. I am excited to announce uh, another phenomenal young lady who is uh, doing some great things in uh, the industry, in the media industry. So if you are interested in learning about doing your own podcast, doing a media production company, writing, acting, all of this good stuff, doing a, a, a TV series, this is the show for you because we have none other than Rebecca Jackson, artist with First Teacher Production on the show this week. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ryan. I really appreciate this. You know, I'm so excited. I'm glad that we were able to connect, get you on here because, you know, I, I run a media company, Greenhouse Media, and I have goals and dreams and aspirations. When I see people who are doing the things that I want to do, I'm always excited to bring them in, talk to them, you know, kind of uh, glean some information uh, for myself under the guise of, you know, you sharing it with other people. So we're going to let you talk to everyone, uh, but understand I am taking notes as we go as well because I, I uh, you know, am, am very interested in what we're going to discuss today. So thank you uh, for joining us. So the way I like to start, you know, just go ahead and tell our listeners who you are. Uh, tell us about First Teacher Productions and, and, and what they can expect uh, as we continue our conversation. Well, uh, again, as you said, I'm Rebecca Jackson, artist, and I've been in the entertainment industry over 20 years now. Um, it, it doesn't feel like that, but, <laughs> but uh, I don't feel that old, but I guess I am. And, um, but yeah, and I, it started really um, before I entered in the professional world of acting and writing uh, performing and producing, I, as a child, my mother and father, like, inundated me with the arts. So I started playing the violin at four. I started playing the piano at eight. I did, you know, statewide competitions um, with, with piano and violin. And then I started studying in acting. I started studying under Joyce and Byrne Piven, uh, the Piven Theater Workshop right there in Evanston, Illinois. And if you don't know the Pivens, you know their son, Jeremy Piven, um, and, um, and then the Kuzaks. So it was the Pivens and the Kuzaks, and they opened a theater conservatory workshop that helped children get the, um, I guess you could say, the formal, um, the method acting. And so I studied under them. You know, we're talking about Fred Sta Savage studied under them and his brother Ben Savage. So I was, like, studying under really amazing very talented people. And it just kind of like propelled me forward. And Joyce pulled me aside one, one class and said, you've got it. I don't know what it, I, I, like, I can't teach that what you've got. And you're going to go really far. And I guess that just kind of propelled me to go forward. I got my bachelor's degree at Hampton University in theater arts. And H -U. then we're back to, what'd you say? I said, H U. <laughs> yes. Yes. H <laughs> U. Yes. The real HU, uh, I know there's going to be a lot of uh, pushback on that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so, and then, and then in Chicago, I literally, like, jumped into the theater scene, which a lot of people kind of sleep on the theater scene in Chicago. Chicago theater scene is huge, very profitable um, and thriving, and I did, I, I mostly performed comedic roles. I didn't want to, but I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I finally said, okay, fine, I'm funny. And so that's what I did. I ended up at Second City. I um, understudying on the main stage for Claudia Michelle Wallace, went through their conservatory program, performed in L.A. briefly, and then um, became a stay-at-home mom. 
And I decided to, like, cut off my career just to focus on motherhood. And if you know anything about the entertainment industry, if you are out of the entertainment industry more than six months, you're forgotten. And I I started to immerse myself in the maternal child health world because I loved promoting um, breastfeeding and natural birth for black women, knowing that black women and black babies are dying in droves in this country, which is disgusting and ridiculous, and we're just now talking about it. But this is something I've been talking about for 10 years. Um, But anyway, and I immersed myself in that role and then um, moved here to North Carolina, got super bored (laughs) (laughs) uh, five years ago, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And I got super depressed, super bored. And after consulting with some amazing spiritual elders here, they were like, "Um, you're supposed to be back in front of the camera and on stage. And so I got my master's degree at the University of Georgia in screenwriting, um, jumped back into now, not theater, but film and television, produced a short film all by myself with very little money. Uh, so you can do it. You could produce a quality production, um, and, and that's what I did. And then it just went from there with the web series and then now the podcast. Awesome. We're going to dive deeper into all. Uh, you, you laid out so many things as you were going through uh, telling us about your journey. So that's awesome. Um, and I want to go back to one thing. You kind of, you know, uh, it jumped out to me when you said that you were uh, kind of went into comedic roles uh, un- unwillingly. You know, that wasn't your goal initially. Right. Uh, and so I want to start there because. Anyone who is, is some kind of artist, whether it be acting, music, you know, um, things like that, uh, writing, you probably have a goal. You have a dream. You have, you have a vision of where you see yourself and where you see your talents taking you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and But then sometimes once you're actually in it, you realize, huh, maybe I should be here or maybe I should be there. I know when I was in Hampton, you know, my, my kid laughed because they're not telling the story. But when I was in Hampton, you know, I had a dream of becoming a singer. I had a singing group when I was there. Uh, then I realized after a while, you know what? I'm not really the best singer, but what I am good at is, is writing. I was a great songwriter. Uh, so, you know, I went that direction, trying to become a songwriter. Uh, so for those who are out there who are kind of, you know, they're pursuing one avenue, but other doors keep opening, or maybe their talents are showing them, hey, maybe this is the direction you should go, what what kind of advice do you give them at that turning point to say, hey, maybe kind of accept the way fate is taking you, accept life, um, you know, and, and go the direction that, that your talents are kind of taking you. Any, any advice for those people? Yes. Um, it's, it, first of all, I'm going to say it's difficult. <laughs> like, right. Because, you know, especially when you have such a passion for that vision that you're holding on to, you know, you're like, I'm going to be a novelist, you know, <laughs> and like, I'm going to write, 50 novels before I die, right? And then everybody's like, you know what? I think you're more of a journalist. You know, it's like, <laughs> I think you should just write, you know, for newspapers or, or blogs. And you're like, what? Or, you, or what happens is, you know, you start writing that novel and, like, you just can't, you can't finish, you know, and it's like life just messes with you. So in those cases, um, I, I took very great, I took amazing advice from a commercial director in L.A. His name, uh, and, and I can't say his last name. I totally forgot his last name, so I'm so sorry. But his first name was Frank. Great guy, amazing guy. And I took his camera class um, in L.A. right there in Burbank. And I remember every week I would go into his class, and he would be cracking up the class and be cracking up. And I would just do, like, 
just me. I would sit in front of the camera and just read the lines. And they weren't funny lines. And I was like really, I was like, I was insulted. And I was like, you guys, I'm trying to be a serious actor. And they were like, Rebecca, you, your facial expressions, you are hilarious the way you like have inflection in certain words. And I remember like for a couple weeks, Ryan, I was like really upset. Like I hated this class. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to go in here. Everybody's going to laugh at me. And Ryan, and, and, and um, I'm sorry, uh, Frank pulled me aside and said, Rebecca, when you resist what is naturally a God-given talent, what happens is you end up being miserable. And whatever, sometimes people, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes people see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Right. Or sometimes people are literally laying down a path for you for towards success that you're repelling. And until you accept who you really are, then you're always going to hit brick walls. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, like, that's when Frank was like, you need to do stand-up. And I was like, I hate stand-up. Stand-up is stupid. Ah, I'm, a, I'm a classically trained actor, you know. And so he was, he was like, Rebecca, just accept it, you know. Um, and then he introduced me to, I think it was a cousin of his or something, who was working for Jimmy Kimmel Live at the time. And, like, and so the guy was like, oh, my gosh, you're amazing. You need to do stand-up. And so I think it was, like, that confirmation was like, okay, Rebecca, stop resisting this. And if you just allow yourself to be funny and be you, then what you really want to do is do those like, oh, you know, the, the, you know, the classically trained drama. That'll come later on. But let, let me allow myself to be me. And I did. And, and he's right. Things just got so much easier. Like job after job. I, I would get off the stage of doing stand-up. I would barely get back to my seat before somebody was coming up to me and saying, oh, can you perform here? And I was like, whoa. Wow. Wow. Right. And, and mind you, I don't like stand-up. I still don't like doing stand-up. <laughs> but, like, and I don't even think I'm the best at it. You know, please, I, you know, I know there are people who are 50 times better than me. But I'm good at it. Like, it's naturally right. comes. And, and I could not resist that, you know. And every time I – I allow myself to perform stand-up or every time I allow myself to be the comedic relief in a film or a stage production, like I know that at some point, like I'm, I'm finding some, I'm accepting myself more and more. And I think that's what it is. It's just accepting who you really are while knowing that, yeah, eventually, you know, if you want to be a novelist, but you're working for, I don't know, New York times, right. Just know that as you're working for New York times, you're slowly going to get to your goal. Mm-hmm. So just as a, for, as a novelist, but just take a chill pill and just accept it. <laughs> you know, I, I think that that's so awesome because, you know, a lot of our trainers, I, and I do professional development training and everything, we talk about success being a journey. And, you know, when you're trying to pursue something, uh, that journey can be so much more rewarding and fulfilling. Like you said, when you just – Walk in doing what you were purposed and, and, and talented, you know, the talents that are already in you, you know, uh, and just accepting those things and seeing where those doors uh, take you uh, as opposed to you always trying to, 
So this is how I see it. This is how it's going to go. So right. awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's talk about the work that you are doing. So you got a lot of things coming. Uh, well, that you're working on now. Uh, let's talk about first and foremost uh, this award-winning web series of yours. Uh, talk to us about that. Totally, Becky. Yes, totally, Becky. And 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 again, it kind of goes along with what you were just saying, Ryan. It's like. Um, Sometimes you might have a vision of like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and this is my next project, right? And then like something comes along and inserts themselves in your life and in your journey of accomplishing one goal. It's like, wait, I need you to finish this goal for me. And it's like, what? And then you do it and that actually ends up being more successful (laughs) than your original goal. Um, And that's my friend, Dre Robinson. I've known Dre since Second City, like 2004. We've known each other a while. Like, he's an only child. I'm an only child. He's quirky. I'm quirky. Um, And we just kind of naturally became brother and sister, you know. Um, And even when I stepped away from acting for those six, eight years, that um, he always – like, would bring me back in, like, oh, Rebecca, can you do this voiceover for me? You know, I know you're busy with your kids. I know you're busy doing your lactation work, but can you, like, can you, you know, can you write this script for me or something? So he was always kind of, like, forcing me back in. And then when I ended up coming back to the film and television world, and after I was done filming my short film in The Mr. Morons, like, literally a week later, he called me, um, uh, it was like February 2nd, 2008. It was like last year. And he said, Rebecca, um, can you do this film, short film project with me for HBO? And I was like, what? And I was like, okay, again, I'm thinking small. See, and I love how I have wonderful people in my life who make me think big, right? And I think I think big, and then, like, these people come in my life, and they're like, yeah, let's do this $2 million project. And I'm like, what? Wait, oh, my God, you know. So, like, I love that, and, and, and that's something that we should always keep in our lives, especially as entrepreneurs. But mm-hmm. anyway, so Dre is like, oh, can you do this, help me do this short film project for this HBO Women in Comedy um, Festival? And I was like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. And he's like, oh, yeah, and it's due in three weeks. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, what the hell? And I had, like, literally my short film, like, put me in the negative, right? So I had no money, and he was like, come to Chicago, and he had no money. And so I was like, okay, so how am I going to get to Chicago? But this is how you know things are divinely meant to be. Like, literally, three days later, my husband gets a check from out of nowhere from, like, a consulting gig he did, like, the year prior, and they never paid him. And so, like, it's, like, the perfect amount to buy a ticket. Yeah, and, like, be in Chicago for the four days that I was there. And it was like, like my husband and I were like, like he got in the mail. He's like, Rebecca, here's your ticket. You can go. I'm like, what? So I wrote this uh, script for Totally Becky. It was like, it was really going to be like this one time, 10 minute uh, short film. And while we were creating it, Dre was like, this is so good, it has to be more than just this. Like, and I said, well, let's do a web series. And he was like, let's do a web series. Um, what's really interesting is we never submitted it to HBO. And, <laughs> and like, literally like two days before our deadline, we were like, yeah, let's not submit it. Let's like do this on our own, which is like, of course, is, you know, if anybody knows about the film and television industry, like it's always scary to like, promote your own stuff, distribute your own things, right? 
and not have, you know, mm-hmm. and be on your own with your own budget, right? And so we're like, screw it, we're going to do it. Like, we want to be as black as we want to be, and that's what we did. And we just started submitting it to film festivals. Film festivals absorbed it, loved it. We were, we were in Canada. We were in, like, like, it was amazing. We were, like, all over the country at these film festivals. We won awards at them. We were nominated in others. And, um, and then it got, the, it got the attention of TV One. And earlier this year, TV One, who started, who, um, started a streaming platform, I Won Digital, I know I'm telling too much, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, they called us back in March, and they were like, we want your show. Um, and That's awesome. we, we were in negotiations with them most of this year. Um, but I'm going to be very honest with you, Ryan. Um, the money mm-hmm. started off being really good with the negotiation process. And toward the end, it was like we weren't being honored for the, the money, time, mm-hmm. and talent we put into the film and we had to be really honest with ourselves. And this is again, going into that entrepreneurial mode, right? It's like Mm -hmm. you have, you can have partners, you can have people want to acquire your stuff or, or license your stuff. Right. And you have to ask yourself, is this worth it? Or am I doing this out of desperation? Right. Mm -hmm. Am I doing this really to like fulfill and honor the work that I did? Or am I doing this, because I'm scared no one else would be interested in my work, right? And so Dre and I had to do that hard self-reflection. And in the end, when they were like, we're not going to give you anything for it, but RevShare 50-50, and we were like, what does that look like? And they couldn't tell us, right? We were like, you know what? We love our work too much to give it to you for free, right? We, We love our work too much to just hand it to you. And it was really scary and we walked away from the deal. And we are, we're still, we're still recovering. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, okay, like, they would, but we're okay with it. And we, we just a month later got contacted by someone who is giving us way more money <laughs> for our project than what they were giving us. And literally is like saying, we will not only give you the money to produce it further, but we will support you and be there and help you make it widely distributed. So you see how, like, you can say no to one thing. Right. And, and, and we had a couple people who, like, called us who were in the industry who are doing big things, by the way. They were like, you, you guys are stupid. Why are you guys walk away? Like, that's crazy. You better call them back right now and say you made a mistake. And it's like, you know. And, but then there were so many other people who were like, you know what? low-key that was a smart move right so yeah so yeah you know especially in the industry i think that's when you have the networks or the uh the 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 gatekeepers that they they are expecting or or building their business on hoping that people come in there with the creatives come in there and they they are in that desperate situation where they just take any deal to say that they're on you know um so those who listen i mean what were some of the things or parameters you all had you you and your partner had in place to say listen this is what you know we what did you go in the door with say these are our non-negotiables or um to know whether or not 
this is something we should go with or walk away. And, and let's put it this way. I don't necessarily know your specific ones, but for those who are listening, how did you come up with those non-negotiables? So the, you know, because everyone wants to deal. Everyone wants to have a HBO or TV one call them. Uh, and but the thing is, when that call comes, are they really have they already done the groundwork to know up front what their uh, bottom line is? So any advice on how to get to that level where you know you can set those parameters for yourself? You know what? I'm going to be honest. I think it starts off with age. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's important. We, that's a good one. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry. You know, I, 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 love, I love you, like, 20-year-olds and, and early 30-year-olds. But, like, I think Dre and I, had we still been in our 20s, we would have gone through and mm-hmm. really been taken advantage of, Right. Because there were a lot of deals that I took on in my 20s. I was like, I just, I need to be seen. I need exposure. I need exposure. <laughs> exposure. Right. And, 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 like, even now at 41, I still get people like, oh, this will get you great exposure. And I'm like, honey, I've had exposure. <laughs> right. Like, I, exposure has been there, done that. Right. I, look, with the mouth that I have, <laughs> you know, like, I, I have exposed myself. Right. But, like. So that's one. I think it's age. And I think at 41, I have come to the place where I've, I've realized that I'm awesome. Like, I want to say that in the most humble way I possibly can, right? Like, I'm awesome, Ryan, and, and I'm talented, and I'm good, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that I, know that I have – I'm not at Steven Spielberg's level. I get it, right? I'm not – you know, I'm not up there with Shonda Rhimes, but I know that I have the potential to be even bigger than that, mm-hmm. right? And I know that in my heart of hearts, the time, the energy, the talent, the, the knowledge, that, that the spiritual energy that I put in the work that I do, I demand that you see that, and I demand mm-hmm. that you value that. And if you can't, I'm quite sure with what 7.7 billion people in the world today, there's someone who has the resources who can value that in me. And, I, and, and that's what I have to, like, say. Um, and that's something, Ryan, like, okay, another thing is I was selected as one of ten women of color by Spotify to produce, you know, to, to move forward and accelerate my podcast, Black Becky Speaks. And – on the day before the day before the last day, um, we had to prepare for our pitches, and we pitched we pitched in front of Soledad O'Brien and like all these amazing people that are in the audio world, right? Um, it was awesome. It was amazing. And the night before, there was one particular sister who literally was having a mental and emotional breakdown in front of me, in front of all of us, because we were sitting there, like, helping each other on our pitches and how we were going to do it. And she was like, and I said, well, what is your biggest fear? And she said that I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get, because you had to pitch to get $10,000 so that the $10,000 would go toward, you know, uh, producing your, your podcast. And I said, well, what is your biggest fear? She's like, that I won't get the $10,000. And I said, okay, so what if you don't? Because you don't have it now, and you're still moving forward with your podcast. And she said, well, maybe that's, maybe me not 
becoming that, win, winning that $10,000, maybe that's a way of the universe telling me or that the industry telling me that my podcast is not good enough to move forward. And I said, but you're here. Mm-hmm. You made it here out of thousands of applications. So that says that already your podcast idea is amazing, right? And then on top of that, are you telling me that out of 7.7 billion people in the entire world, no one else has $10,000 to give you to help you move your podcast forward? No one. No one that you can ever, like, email or talk to or sit in front of. Like, no one has that resource. And she's like, I didn't think about it like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, Spotify is not the end-all, be-all to the moving forward of your production, of your, the production of your podcast. And that's what we have to understand as people who are content creators, people who are entrepreneurs, people who are inventors, people who are innovators. Like, you have to understand that you'll get no, 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 no. I've heard no so many times. Right? right. I've heard no with laughter. Right. I've heard no. I've heard no with eye rolling. Right. I've heard no with, you know, like, like disgust. <laughs> you know, right. I've literally in my face have been like told no with just the most like, oh my god, and you've consumed my time and energy, and now I gotta continue. You know, but and yes, I have to still pick up my heart and my spirit and like go to the car. And yes, I've cried in the car. And yes. You know, or I come home and I go, am I crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to know, again, you have to think about globally. Are you telling me that there's no one else in the world who doesn't want your invention, who doesn't want your book, who doesn't want, who doesn't want your service, who doesn't want your content? That's bull crap. There right. is. And there's, there's more than one. And they have the resources, they have the money, and they like you. And so that's what we have to understand is like, you know, when you hear the word no or when, you, or when somebody gives you pennies for your content, right? Right. You've got you've to do a lot of self-work and say, you know what, no, I deserve better than this. Right. You got to know your worth. You got to know your worth. I did a show about that not too long ago. But you got to know your worth and stand on that. And like you said, when you say, you know, you're awesome, I mean, when, when you – can sometimes you don't have to be humble, you know. But when you're talking to yourself and you say, "Listen, I'm awesome," you got when you finally come uh, to the point in life when you can say that and truly believe it, you start to mm-hmm. walk in that. It changes your whole uh, your whole aura, your whole way you you conduct business, and that's important. Is that when you get to that phase, you say, "I'm awesome." If not this person, then then the next one. And that way, those no's uh, don't start to sting as much, uh, you, you know, because you, you know it just means on to the next one, and, and you can continue to know. You know they're not saying no to you. You know, <laughs> they're going to miss the opportunity. You go on to the next thing. So that's, that, that, that's great. Uh, let, and, let, Ryan, want, if they, yeah. and real quick, if they are saying no to you, Ryan, you don't want those people, you don't, wanna, you don't want that pe- person's money anyway. Right. Oh, absolutely. Right. I but, agree. You know, even right. if they eventually, like a month later, go, you know what, Ryan, let me, let me circle back to you. You know, I will give you money. And you're like, mm, you know, do you really want them? Because if, right. they didn't, if they don't like you for you and your passion and your vision, you don't want them to support you. You're right. You're right. And then you got to get in that place. And say, all my, as I say, all money is not good money, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Reverend Ike says all money is, is great. But... <laughs> you know, because I've been listening to Reverend Ike, his, his old school stuff. But, yeah, yeah sometimes, sometimes it's about the people 
who are handing you with the, that money with their energy? Mm-hmm. And do you want that energy in your life? Yeah. So uh, now that we're on money, I wanted to talk to you about some money because you talked about how you were able to, uh, you know, build build your your media, your burgeoning media empire on uh, when you started with little money. Uh, so I was there's people out there, there's, there's individual creatives who are trying to, you know, build this thing and really get started. Uh, what are some things uh, for those who who don't have have you know ten fifty thousand dollars to invest into their their project? What are some hacks or maybe some ideas or ways they can go about still building what they're doing on a limited budget? Well, first and foremost, you have, like, and again, going back to what I was just saying about Reverend Ike, um, I really encourage people to go on YouTube and listen to Reverend Ike. Uh, um, you, you, you know about Reverend Ike, right? Oh, yeah, I'm familiar. The old school, like, like he, he was before um, The Secret. Right. He was like saying this back in the 50s and 60s, telling black people, you know, your energy is what brings you the resources that you need. So first and foremost, you have to know that nothing is going to come to you unless, one, you know that you are worth it, right, your, your work and just you overall, you're worth it. Um, and two, you got to do the work first, right? Mm-hmm. No one is going to invest in you or any of your projects if you don't do the work, right? right. right. And I can't tell you how many people who have even come up to me and said, Rebecca, like, I, I have this idea for a television show and, you know, no one, I need the money to get it started. And I'm like, did you write the pilot? No. Do you have a treatment? No. <laughs> I'm like, why would anybody hand you money just on your sentences right now? Like, you know, like you need to do the work, right? And, you know, just like that uh, film, was it um, Field of Dreams? I know Mm -hmm. it's so cliche, so cliche, but um, you build it and they will come, right? And that's, oh, gosh, and it's so gross that I need to say this, but it's so true. You've (laughs) got to start the process, right? Even if it is like, okay, if you're saying like, um, I want to create a, a different, you know, I want to invent a new type of laptop, right? You got to at least draw it out, right? right you got to right, at least, right. you got to send the emails out to software engineers and like say like, well, can you, I don't know, like draw up some or write up some, some, I don't know, uh, a template or whatever. I don't know what they do as software engineers, but like, Get the process started. Ooh, excuse me. Like get the process started so that you can, when you go to those ca- venture capitalists or when you go to those investors, you can say, oh, look, I have this person working on my project and he's doing this. And, and look, I've already drawn out my blueprints and I've already done it. So you've got to do the work first mm-hmm. that you know requires just your brain power, just your passion. And then from there, I guarantee you, with the energy that you put into it, with the passion and the time that you put into it, the resources will come. Somebody will say, oh, you know, I know there's this guy at blah, blah, blah University, and, you know, he's, he, he has, a I don't know, an accelerator program where he's helping people design new software. And you're like, great. And then you, those resources will come. 
Um, or, or you write that grant and you show them, like, look, I've been working on this for the last year, and this is what I've been doing. You'll get that grant funding to move forward on that project. But that, those are the two key components. One, you have to love the heck out of your project, love the heck out of yourself, know that you're worth it. And two, just start doing the work, and those dollars will come. Absolutely. You know, that, that, that's I, I don't have to add anything to it. That's the thing. You've got you've to have something. Um, people aren't going to just invest in ideas. They want to make sure that you've got some, uh, not, not with money. They're going to make sure you put some skin in the game and actually worked it out and, and put in the work to it. So that's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, Rebecca, let's, let's talk about what else you have on the horizon. You kind of said you had a podcast coming. Let's talk about that. Let, let the listeners know uh, what you have um, coming up and then any final words you want to share with us. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, uh, well, one, Totally Becky, we're going to go into creating um, the rest of the season for Totally Becky um, soon. That's that's going to be pro- mostly in January. I, I'm I'm in a sketch comedy duo with Rebecca Fox, um, my uh, my white Doppler ganger, uh, <laughs> and we have uh, we're going to have a run right here in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, all of. March and uh, the first week in April. It's a show about um, sexism, racism, motherhood, relationships, friendships, you know, being married. Oh, God. And so we really delve into, like, really abrasive ways, but funny and politically challenging ways to really laugh at those subjects. And then finally, yes, um, I have a podcast coming up, Black Becky Speaks, which is about five very diverse black women characters that I created, and I'm going to do the voices for all of them. And they're going to go out into the field and interview people on topics that black people have to focus on in order to move forward in this 21st century um, politically and economically. So that's kind of like our focus in the show while making you laugh at the fact that um, black people, we kind of need to do a little bit more with our money. Um, And so (laughs) I know that's scary for a lot of black people. You know, they're like, what? I just got it. You know? (laughs) but we, we kind of have to force ourselves to dive into um, supporting political candidates and with our checks tell them you're going to vote this way, <laughs> right? You know, and if you don't, I've got a little group of people who won't vote for you next time, right? Um, and then, like, um, control your media, control the grocery stores in your neighborhood and the food and the other markets, um, and start taking back our money and our dollars. And so that's kind of like what, and also taking back our safety, right? Like with police brutality and misconduct and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like let's take back our community from, you know, the history of what law enforcement really is in this country, which is just the derivative of the KKK. But anyway, so like, and so we're, go, we're going to go into all that and we're going to talk about that history and all under the guise of these five different characters, um, and, you know, like a couple of the characters are like one is an 83-year-old black woman who is literally obsessed over Obama. And she lives on the south side of Chicago. 
and she has a dog named Thor. I mean, don't all old black women have a dog named Thor? Um, and and so she's gonna she's gonna talk to probably the most racist white people ever. Um, and then um, and then there's a black woman who she knits. She has an Etsy account, and she loves Trump. And I've kind of taken her and I've made her based on the two um, women here in Raleigh, uh, Silk. And what's the other woman? I forgot oh, her name. Diamond. <laughs> Diamond. Yeah, so, yeah, Diamond and Silk, right. And so this is kind of, she's the, you know, she's the real Southern woman that loves Trump, and she's black, and it's okay. And so, um, and she'll be talking to probably somebody like David Banner or something. And, like, <laughs> and so that's what we're going to do, and we're going to dive into it. So that's coming up. My goal is to have that premiere next spring and um we're i'm already in the talks with some awesome people from you know who are helping me with this from npr and from you know public radio international and it's amazing it's just again again ryan all i did was just start writing it down start sketching it out created the artwork and 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 i i created a theme song and then next thing I know, like, I was chosen out of Spotify. And it's like, we want, you know, we want this. And then I was able to get in front of tables, uh, you know, on, in front of people who, like, have those knowledge, that have that knowledge and resources. And it was like, here, that person can mentor you through the process. And, and this one particular woman, who I'm not going to name because I don't know if she wants to be named, but, like, she's produced amazing, very ridiculously successful um, radio shows on NPR and, panoply and things like that and like she literally was like I will find you money because this is an amazing project you know like because and I again right I don't necessarily think it's because my idea is like this mostly amazing extra innovative project but I think it's also me you know I think Mm -hmm. because people are like Rebecca I like you (laughs) you know (laughs) and so if you navigate your way in front of people who like you Ryan like they're like you know what Ryan I like you, and I want you to be successful. Like, I'm telling you, like, people, the money will come. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and that's so true, and I try to tell people all the time is that, uh, but you have to be doing the work. You've got, like you said, you've got to have activity going so that when those people who do like you come along and they're looking for something that you do, they know to call you, you know, uh, so you're doing the work, but you've got to be active. You can't be on the sidelines dreaming, wishing, and hoping, looking at everyone else doing it, getting upset when they're doing it, realizing, not sick, realizing that you're not doing anything. So, of course, you're not exactly. going to, to do it. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly right. And, 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 again, not to – oh, two things I want to make a point of, and you were saying, like, what I want to leave people with. One is when you have an idea, have, like, three more, too, because mm-hmm. you, might, you might sit in front of somebody who's like, yeah, I'm not really feeling that idea. See, I'm looking for something that is more like this. And you're like, oh, actually, mm-hmm. I have another idea, right? <laughs> Don't, you know, and, and again, work on those other ideas. Don't just mm-hmm. have it in your head, you know. Pull out your notebook and say, oh, this is, you know, yeah, okay, I've, I designed a new wheelchair. And they're like, well, I'm not really looking for new wheelchairs. Actually, I'm looking for more scooters. You're like, wait, I got a scooter. You know, I designed a scooter idea, right? So, like, always have not just one idea, Right now, you can have your your idea that you're most passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. But also have three or four other ideas in the making. Um, 
And another thing is, um, oh my gosh, I was, I, I think I forgot, but um, you said something, Ryan, that was like, I gotta say something about that. Um, what did you say? I was talking about just be doing the work. You know, gotta be active in doing it. People will see you doing, and know to call you when they think about uh, when they're looking for something. They want to call you because they know they've seen you doing the work. Now they're active. Hope right, that was what right. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't know, but, but yeah, but definitely have like one or two ideas in in the making, and and just that, this is not what I wanted to say. And watch, like I'm going to think about it 20 minutes from now, <laughs> but um. But it's really important, Ryan, that people understand that, like, you just, you, you, you've got to take the time to, oh, right, that's what I was going to say. And don't make excuses. Don't make any excuses. Because that, that's something I did for years, Ryan. I was an excuse maker and led with excuses all the time. Like, well, I don't have any money, so I can't do it. Or, oh, my children, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I have to be there for my children, right? I can't go to that conference because of my children, right? And then my mom had a massive stroke 10 years ago, and I'm an only child. My dad passed away 16 years ago. So, like, I felt like, oh, my gosh, like, I have to take care of my mom. I have to look out for my mom. Um, and, like, I made my mom and my children excuses, which was so bad, right? And then I looked up, and I was like, wait a second. Like, my mom is okay. I mean, she's not where she – she does need help, right? She does need assistance. But my mom is at the place where she can ask for it, and I can just jump in or my husband can jump in and we can help her. Like, but she doesn't need me all the time, right? And so I can write and I can do other things that I create. So me and my children, when they got older, like, they got themselves ready for school, like, you know, and now they're making their own lunches. So, like, I can – and also, I can set up my life where I can still get the work done. Now, my mom two weeks ago had another stroke, right, which I was sitting in the hospital for two days straight, barely eating anything, and I had, like, two projects I had to get done for because I'm also working on a U.S. Senate campaign. And I had to get one of those projects done, a commercial done for, for, the, for the candidate. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not going to get this. And I stopped and I said, you know, Maybe there are times where you focus on family, right? Maybe there's times you reach out and you say, you know what, can you just give me another week to get that done? You know, this emergency came up. But know that you're going to figure out how to navigate your regular life and still hit your goals and still reach out and, like, still be in those spaces where you can still accomplish things and keep going towards your vision. So, like, while I'm taking care of my mom now because she's now regressed back to where she was, you know, where she literally needs me a lot, mm -hmm. I can still be on Skype. I can still be on mm -hmm. this call with you, right? While my, I just made sure my mom had food in front of her. <laughs> you know, I ran upstairs, and I'm here talking to you, and I made sure that my husband, I told my, my husband, I was like, can you take the children out for, like, three hours while I get this commercial done and while I get this other writing done for the Legislative Black Caucus, you know? And so I'm able to do that. So what I'm saying is don't create excuses for yourself. If I can get things done, pretty much a lot of people can get things done <laughs> with very little income and a lot of people that I have to care for. Awesome. Awesome. Rebecca, give out your contact information, maybe some social media handles, whatever you want. However you like people to reach out to you and follow you, go ahead and give that out for us. Okay, sure. Um, you can 
You can follow me on Instagram at Reby Jack Art, R-E-B-E-J-A-C-K-A-R-T, Reby Jack Art. And um, I'm on Twitter at Rebecca Jack Art. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm a social media junkie, unfortunately. Um, and I'm on Facebook at Rebecca Jackson Artist. Um, I'm not really going to post on my personal account anymore. Also, um, I'm on LinkedIn as Rebecca Jackson Artist. And if you want to email me, I hate email. I literally cannot stand email. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't need to give it out, man. We'll just, if you don't like it, we'll... So please, like, really contact me through social media because I, I get inundated with emails and, like, they, they overwhelm me. So, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Awesome. So uh, excited to have you on here. Such great information that you shared. Wishing you the best. Looking forward to everything uh, that you and all your Beckys have to say coming up (laughs) (laughs) with your new projects. Wishing you all the best. And definitely thank you for being on here today. Thank you so much for having me, Ryan. This has been so much fun. Awesome. Thank you. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Passionpreneur Podcast. If you liked it, tell someone else about it. Go ahead and share it out. And also make sure you click that subscribe button and follow us and listen to every week's episode. I am your host, Ryan C. Green. You can reach me at www.ryancgreen.com. Follow me on all social media at Raji Speaks. I look forward to working with you, talking to you soon. And just remember, if the best part about going to work is getting off of work, it's time to become a Passionpreneur. Passionpreneur.